it's nice to see you to see you nice. Welcome once again to Play Your Pods, right? My name is Steve, and join me as ever from his speedboat, it's Simon. Simon, how are you, oh, mate? Yeah, not bad, Steve. Bit of a tickly cough, so I apologise to listeners ahead of time if you hear me violently coughing. Bless but you, uh, apart from that, yeah, I'm all right, mate. You? Yeah, cracking on, mate. I've had a bit of a headache the last couple of days that I can't seem to shift, but hey-ho, we'll, we'll soldier on. But today, we are here to talk about game show royalty, I think we can call it. If there was ever going to be like a Mount Rushmore of game shows, British game shows in particular, you have to believe this would be up there. And that is Bullseye. Yeah, it's one of my favourite game shows out there. Yeah, I and, agree. And I think part has to do with it is that I'm a massive darts fan as well. Yeah. So for me, this just is like a perfect combination. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on a steady diet of darts with my mum being a, being a like playing the pub leagues and everything like yep. that. And she had a actually had a doubles league named after her for a for a couple of years after after she left us. So you know, she did. I I know. Uh, Yeah, fun times. So the original air date of Bullseye was the 28th of September 1981, which was actually on a Monday, which I found quite strange. Yeah, it used to be on a Monday night. When I mentioned to my parents about I was going to do Bullseye this week, they said they remember watching it on a Monday night. Because I've always known it as the Sunday afternoon show. Yeah. And I think that's how most people would remember it. So for it to be on a Monday night, it was just a bit strange. And they, they very quickly realised that, but we'll get to that down the line. <laughs> so it was devised by Andrew Wood and Norman Vaughan, who I couldn't find a lot of information about. And your hosts from 1981 to 1995 is, of course, the one and only Jim Bowen. And then it was brought back for a year on Challenge under Dave Spikey in 2006. I uh, don't know a great deal about Dave Spikey other than he's one of Peter Kay's mates. I, I do, because I am a huge Phoenix Knights fan. So Dave Spikey co-wrote the famed sitcom Phoenix Knights with Neil Fitzmaurice and Peter Kay. He famously fell out with Peter Kay. Oh, really? Yeah, because he said him and Neil Fitzpatrick did not get enough credit for the writing, but they did. That's fair. Uh, it, it became Peter Kay's Phoenix Knights instead of yeah. Phoenix Knights. He's also trying to revive his career, but he said a lot of it, uh, like BBC, ITV, all Sky, all like that now, is very ageist. They yeah. were hiring because of his age, because he's a, I'd say, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, that's probably fair to say. I, he's, I'm not his biggest fan. That that kind of, like, I was talking to Hayley about this the other night. Like, there's something about PK I've never got on with and i don't know what it is like there's a weird like sliding scale of working class comedy yeah. is, how, is how i'd refer to it so like Bill, uh, billy Connolly is like your top of the fucking tree yeah like because he gets it and then because he started out in the working men's clubs and all that stuff and just telling jokes when he was working yeah. as a welder and then it comes all the way like you're pissed here at the bottom is like your bernard mannings and your roy trubby browns and all that lot and yeah. That yeah, appeal to the lowest common denominator. I, I, I am a fan of Peter Kay. I do own his DVDs. I actually had tickets to go and see him live on the tour that actually never happened. Oh, that got cancelled. Yeah, I, I get the pe- that people don't like him. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I think he can be very marmite I personally but- find him quite funny on certain aspects. I don't like the fact that he released a DVD of old material and just rebranded it. Yeah. I, it at Christmas time. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've warned him in later years, like bits of it, especially the, the segment uh, on what we're going to cover today. So, you know, it's, 
like again, it's one of those things, but hey ho. So the format of Bullseye, which ran for a total of sixteen series, three hundred and fifty-four episodes, including eleven Christmas specials. What a bloody run! So three pairs of contestants square off in the darts based show. One of the pair is there to answer the questions; the other is to play the darts. Round one's Bully's category board, in which that the board is sectored off into varying general knowledge categories, and darts player throw for their partners to answer and also determine the cash value of the correct answer this goes on for three turns spelling was always my favorite here for the first seven series the team with the lowest score eliminated round two is points for pounds each player throws three darts at standard match play dartboard and the one with the highest score gets control of the game for their partner and questions are worth the value that that they scored the two teams with the lowest score are shipped off with their buffs fair home and the bendy bullies and tankers of course Uh, just a quick question for you steve do you know what the US version of Monopoly that we covered and Bullseye have in common? I don't. They both have hosts that appeared previously as a contestant. Oh, Dave yeah, Spikey. Yeah, I, yeah, sorry, that I was coming to that. Yeah. Never was mind. a contestant yeah. on Bullseye, yeah. as yeah. was, I can't remember the host for Monopoly. Mike Riley. Mike Riley, but he was also a contestant on Monopoly before he got the hosting yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah. little bit of a uh, weird brotherhood between yeah, the two shows. Just- isn't it just? So we would then have the charity interlude where a pro player would throw nine darts and the cash equivalent was given to charity or doubled if they scored over 301. The final round is Bully's prize ball, which I think is what everyone fondly remembers about the show. The board split into black and red sectors with the board being numbered one to eight, each corresponding to a prize with the bullseye having a special prize. Nine darts with the front and back three being thrown by the darts player of the pair. However, two in a bed forfeited the pr- that prize. Keep out the black and in the red. Nothing in this game for two in a bed. But, but a third gets you the prize back. It does. After the nine darts, contestants can then choose to gamble their winnings to score 101 from six darts to win the star prize. If they decline the gamble, the second and third place teams could go for the star prize as well, which I always kind of liked, actually. Yeah, like, even if you got eliminated in, like, second or third, you still could possibly qualify. Yeah, absolutely. So prizes, everyone goes home with a tankard or goblet for the ladies and a bendy bully. <laughs> Fruit-based drink for the lady. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly household objects in the prize round, like radio alarm clocks with something a bit fancy like garden furniture or something like that behind the bullseye. And then the infamous caravan or speedboat if they chose to gamble. <laughs> but in later years, that will become holidays, things of that yeah. sort as restrictions on prize funds and everything eased up a bit. So a few facts. There's an episode in, I believe it's series one, that had Daphne from Eggheads on it. Which yes. She was terrible. She was a game show veteran because mm. she was on that. She was on Going for Gold. Yeah. She actually won Going for Gold. And then obviously she was on her own TV quiz show. Well, Eggheads is comprised like people who did the, who basically like, excelled it's, in game shows wasn't it it's the quizzes greatest minds yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I, oh that might be the chase that they said but one of them used the yeah. tagline i yeah. can't remember which one now as we said the first series ran on monday nights but then when the show moved to central from atv it moved to sunday afternoon before it moved again to saturday afternoon from 93 to 95 where it lived out its final days tony green was only brought on to be a scorekeeper but over time his role quickly grew a fifth- I said his stomach <laughs> capital v <laughs> <laughs> A 15th series was planned in 1996. However, this was cancelled after Andrew Wood deemed that various changes and additions that Carlton and the ITV Network Centre were pressing for to update and modernise the show to be unsuitable for the series. And he believed it would lose its appeal as a result. Now, what a jackass move that is. 
right? Because if you look at stuff now, like, would you agree with me that, like, your main BBC and ITV channels, their main attractions are soaps? Yeah. And they bring back all characters from the soaps all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're not modernising it in any way. Absolutely. They're living off the past. Wrestling does the same. Yeah. There was no need to cancel Bulls at that point. Yeah. No need whatsoever. Well, I'd say it was one of the devisers who actually pulled it because ITV were like, oh, we need to modernise it. We need to update it. We need to do this and this. And and right, quite rightly, he stuck to his guns like, no, because it will lose its appeal as a result of. There was bits you could do, certainly, but mm. I think they were all about changing like the whole format, everything. Yeah. No, you don't need. Yeah. Did wasn't needed. Absolutely. Was not needed. Don't, don't fix if it ain't broke, you know. Yeah, exactly. For comic relief in March '93, a special crossover between Bullseye and Big Break was planned, with guest comedians as contestants, and with Bowen and Big Break host Jim Davidson, along with scorers Tony Green and John Virgo, effectively taking their counterparts' role. Bone and Davidson were both very enthusiastic about the idea. However, the proposal never came to fruition. Reportedly, ITV wanted the rights to repeat broadcasts as a self-contained programme to which the BBC declined. You have no idea how much I've looked for that video. Well, it doesn't exist because it was only in proposal stages. Exactly. But I was hoping that I could find a little snippet of something. Yeah. Because I think I've mentioned it on here many a time that my favourite game show of all time is Big Break. And anything to do with that, I'm obsessed with. Yeah. And Bullseye was up there for me as well. Yeah. And I think you could say it's maybe one of the only game shows that you could actually cross over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you couldn't see, well, maybe Krypton Factor could go something like Krypton Factor and Generation Game. I don't know. Crystal Maze. <laughs> I don't know. But that just made Bullseye and Big Break together. Makes complete sense. Absolutely. So Bowen once described Bullseye as the second best darts based game show on TV. And there was only one. <laughs> I like that. I'm not going to lie. I do like that. Yeah, as we've said, Dave Spikey, who hosts the revival, actually appeared as a contestant in the 80s. It's been spun off into multiple video games and gambling machines. In 1989, John Cooper appeared on the show. He was later convicted of multiple burglaries, armed robberies, and in 2011, advanced in forensic science, two double murders, one rape, and another sexual assault. Footage of his appearance on the show was later used by the prosecution to match him to witness reports at the time. Amazing, isn't it? It's That's incredible. Amazing. I mean, I just want the fact that I want this high prestige judge to be sat there watching Bullseye in a courtroom. It's I a just, wonderful image, isn't it? I just want and Jim Bowen to be called as a witness. Fucking hell, could you imagine? Since it's <laughs> since it's 06 run, it's been rumoured to be coming back multiple times. It was used on both Anton Deck and Vernon Kay's game show marathons and is now on rotation on Alan Carr's epic game show. Uh, the show was unusual in having two different close, in fact, possibly three different closing theme tune arrangements. A rapid, upbeat version in the style of Spike Jones, complete with comical sound effects, played when the contestants won the star prize. A more bluesy one in a minor key played when they lost, or on some occurrences, nobody took the gamble. The seldom heard third version was used on some but not all of the rare occasions when none of the three teams chose to take the final gamble. This was a carnival-like version of the theme with similarities to the winning version, but with occasional minor key elements added to reflect the neither winning nor losing outcome of the edition. The show was into its fourth series when all three teams declined to take the gamble and thus was the first use of the rare third version. I don't think I've ever seen it, like all three teams turn it down. No, it's very rare. Because yeah. even like, let's say John and Frank, you know, if they if they get sent home because they've only won 30 quid, like they're going to have a go. Yeah. You know they're going to. Oh, you have to. The only time I, think... I can imagine three teams turn it down is if they've, but yeah, it was 
yeah, a frog's hair difference between between them, you know, and, I, I, but I they still want a decent amount of money. I think they should have made a rule if the first two teams decline, you must gamble. The third team must gamble. Yeah, possibly. I, I think they should have done that because um, even if, like, like you said, there wasn't much of a gap, I still think it added to the show when it gambled. Yeah. So I, see, I think they should have like made it mandatory in a way. Yeah, yeah find, find a way to make it, yeah. But as far as memories of the show, for me, it was just some uh, family time on a Sunday afternoon. But you knew as soon as those final credits rolled, it was bath and bedtime, ready for school the next day. So there was a weird sense of dread attached to it for me. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm saying, to be fair, yeah. I'm the same. <laughs> uh, another, another memory, your bullseye bloody soundboard <laughs> keychain that you used to have. I still have it. Jesus I Christ. still have it. I still have my bullseye keychain with, ple- with pleasure. I still have it. It's upstairs in the loft somewhere with my old uh, snooker queue. Our previous guest, Mark, actually has a bendy bully. <gasps> his, uh, his dad was a marketing consultant and did a job for Jim Bowen. Is that, is that how Jim Bowen pays people? <laughs> in, yeah, no, in, the le- I, in the leftover I've, bendy I've, bullies. I've got no money, but uh, here you go. Actually, you just remind me of something there. You know I was saying about Dave Spikey co-op Phoenix Knights? Mm-hmm. Jim Bowen appeared as a special guest in Phoenix Knights. That doesn't shock me. I, I can't remember his proper name. I know Peter Kay as Brian Potter calls him Hoss. Yeah. And he's like a club owner in Blackpool. That doesn't I just, I just That just crossed my mind then. I just thought, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, over on Facebook, John Green, Howdy Sheriff, how's it going? Says, all I remember was the lot of was the lot of the contestants looked properly rough and the prizes were things like speedboats and the contestants who usually weren't family lived in places nowhere near open water. Yeah, they were definitely out on day parole. Most of them. them. Absolutely. So let us dive right into it. We did Series 12, Episode 17, which is from the 3rd of January, 1993. Absolutely. This is, for me, is the quintessential iconic intro. Iconic! With the animation of the bus leaving the pub and flying through space for no apparent reason. Well, the the cartoon characters were supposed to be uh, some of the dark players at the time, weren't Mm. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Jockey Wilson and people like that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. This is the one I grew up with. We get to meet Jim Bowen and Tony Green, and they really mumble here. Like, I had a lot of trouble understanding what they were saying here. It was proper working man's club. Chatter. Almost, yeah, chatter presenting almost. Mm-hmm. It, it was like driving through a McDonald's drive-in. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what? But saying that Tony's seen the darts players in rehearsals and there's not much between them and it could rest on the academicals. So like mentioned in the format, like one member of the team will play darts, the other answer the questions. And that's how it went some weeks. It would like re- generally rest on you know the, the knowledgeables to kind yeah, of I, win the game I, for them. I watched an episode earlier today, of an older one, and a darts player was fantastic, but the person could not answer a question for love no money. It was like, get me books for 200. Boom, gets this. Okay, what's the answer to this? I don't know. Don't read books. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. I see where capital D is coming from there. Yeah. So we so we go on down the line of contestants. Jim and Terry first. Father. This is going to get really confusing, by the way, because there's two fucking Terrys and yeah. we've got two yeah. Jims if we include Jim. Yeah. And so yeah. Jim and Terry first. Father and son. Do you get on well? No. <sighs> no. We normally have a quite a extended period of meet the contestants. Yeah. There was nothing here. This was quite abrasive. I mean, I've I've made a point here uh, that it just felt like there were a couple of harsh cuts, and I think it was just to kind of because this was taped off like Challenge TV. This this one, yeah. So I think it was to kind of hit time constraints or whatever they have adverts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The full turning half an hour, 
It's only a half an hour show into an hour show. Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. Terry and David from Bolton, Bowen Quips. My, my, I used to live in Blackburn. I've got my health back now. Oh, is that the one that looked like Ilya Dragunov? I think so, yeah. Spitting the image of it. Yeah, it was. I think it was Dave that looked like Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, with his slick back hair and everything. Yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah. Yeah, as I say it here, it feels like there's a harsh cut. Looked like Jim had another follow-up, but they move on to the final pair. Chris and Steve, seems like Chris has a new contender for most boring job. Basically, he does admin for a park and his hobby is bird watching. Well, he was excited about it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, play it, for enthusiasm. It's, not like, it's not like Mr. Intensity from back in the day. And he was just like, yeah, it's what I do, yeah. Mm. He was generally excited about it. Yeah, yeah, fair. Another reason I feel like there's been an edit here, Bowen says, have you got a telescope like him and pointing to one of the other pairs? And obviously we didn't hear this joke. Maybe he just spies on women when they're not looking. Maybe that was a joke. <laughs> Steve's from Grantham, which unfortunately was Maggie Thatcher's hometown. Again, it seems like another harsh edit here. I'd imagine this was probably a data joke or something that they got rid of. Yeah, it has to be. Has to be. be. Can we just uh, talk about fashion, though? Oh, yeah, 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 please. The The... the Polo tops and mm-hmm. Simon Carroll waist oh, yeah. trousers and, and the glasses. We're both glasses wearers. Yeah. But not Amjar glasses mm-hmm. like they had on then. And as we go to the podiums, there's no pizzazz with Bowen here at all. He's very matter of fact and bland. Here we are. Questions waiting to be answered. A fortune waiting to be won. Can we stand it? That That is his exact delivery, by the way. That's not just me reading my notes. That is his exact delivery. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely uh, read off the screen. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of times you can read his eye movement and he's looking at the cue cards Yeah, on the, on the stage four. You can see it. Yeah. Uh, round one, £30 question plus bonuses for landing in the scoring zone, select category. Jim chooses history for Dad Terry straight in the bullseye. That's a bullseye! It was a lovely throw. Uh, first dart, immediate £200 bonus. Bowen shushes the audience like a granddad scolding a child as well. That's the thing with Bowen. He took no flack from the audience. Nah. But um, again, as we do with most of our quiz shows, we're not going to go at this question for question. Like if, if there's an interesting one that pops up, we'll talk about it. Jim gets gets that one right. Terry chooses Britain, and it's here we get that running sound bite from Bowen. Britain would like. Britain would like. Come on, uh, then, son. In earlier series, Bowen would also go, it's flashing to help you find it. <laughs> oh, that definitely sounds more sinister than what it should like, be. It- <laughs> Bear in mind, so you got almost like an over-exaggerated dartboard with giant yellow friggin' arrows pointing, <laughs> giant text that has the category names on them. And like I say, back in the early series, it was like glowing red. If if say I chose Britain, like it would start glowing red, and it's and it's like it's not hard to miss, but but Bowen would be like, Yeah, it's flashing to help you to, out, mate. To be fair, we did just talk about the glasses though. Mm, that's true. So Dave went for ball, but overshot, so it lands in showbiz. No bonus there. This question is an insult as well. The best-selling album ever is Thriller, selling over 44 million copies. By the way, info correct as of 1993 when this was recorded, of course. So yeah, Thriller selling over 44 million copies. Who recorded it? That is an absolute but insult of a question. It, it is, because everyone knows it's the Proclaimers. <laughs> Chris picks places. Would you believe it? Another bullseye. That's a bullseye! Which two countries make up the Iberian Peninsula? The answer's Spain and Portugal. Jim in with a good one here. No problem at all, but the Germans got there first with the beach towels. I like that. I actually I quite like that. I, I did laugh a little bit at that. So did I. 
so did I. <laughs> so on the second pass, £50 a question. Jim chooses spelling, but Terry lands in words, so no bonus. And this question as well, which abbreviation, and I apologise, just shouted down the microphone there, but <laughs> abbreviation means in the year of our Lord. He thinks about it for a second and says, Amen. For fuck's sake. <laughs> It just turns out Tony Green was very, very correct when he said it was going to come down to the academic medal. Yeah. Answer, of course, is AD. Terry wants Britain again, but gets affairs. Chris picks Britain this time, but lands in words, which has already gone, so no question. And that was the other thing. If if you went for a category and landed one that had already gone, you got jack shit, basically. We've, we've had words. We've had words, so you can't score anything there, I'm afraid. Yeah. Third pass, questions worth £100 a pop, plus bonuses. And we've got books, Britain, spelling, faces, and sport left. Jim wants spelling again, and I don't know how I've only just noticed the, that man's shirt. My goodness. Like, that is something else. Jackson Pollock again. Mm, it's somewhere in that in that wheelhouse, absolutely. So we get spelling for an extra fifty pound. Spell commemorate. None of the three of them can spell it. And here comes Bully with his dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Always love that shit with little cartoon Bully walking across walking across the bottom. Oh, and it was genius. It could be one. I don't know if it is, but it could be one of the first game shows that incorporated a mascot in that sense. I know we did 3 2 1 last week that had a mascot. Yeah. But I'm on about a cartoon mascot that appeared on the, screen. Yeah, it that, was almost interacted with. Yeah, it would come and go, not and would actually like talk and. Yeah. I did talk, but you know. I but, know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so it's, it's fucking Bowen pointing at the bottom of the screen like he's on fucking Sesame Street or something. I've got to spell it for you. Here we go. It's C O M M E M. O R A T E. Oh, and, imagine Jim Bowen doing Sesame Street. Oh my God, it'd be awful. I got uh, Big Bird. <laughs> Terry wants faces, and Dave gets it for the hundred pound bonus. Go to the screens for the pictures. Terry gets the first name and struggles. Bowen says, "Got plenty of time. Just relax." And then about a second later, <laughs> time was a and the answer. The answer was John McCarthy. I thought it was Nick Berry. I didn't have a clue who it was. Me neither. I just went, well, oh, it's like Nick Berry, that, and just kind of... I just like the fact it was like a bus. I'd waited all day for it. None had come, and then two bullies came at once. Yeah, another fail from Steve and Chris to get Britain, and nothing it's happened there. Like. And no one got it, so no one got any questions for the final two. End of first round, Terry and Jim and Steve and Chris, a joint lead with £280 each. Then we go into the pounds for points round up next. Terry up first, only throws 26 David throws 41, Steve throws 20, so David and David wins for Terry. Terry is given a gift to answer here as well. So the question is about Harry Krishna. Yep. And so Terry says Krishna to begin with, but Bowen's like, need a little bit more. So he's like, oh, Harry Krishna. And yeah, sorry. He just goes, uh, like that doesn't yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's right, but you need to give me more. Yeah, but Terry looks so disinterested. It's unreal. Like, <laughs> he's just sat there the entire time with his arms full, like, Harry Krishna, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I, I thought he was Ian Hislop for a second when I looked, <laughs> he looked at him. a bit like him, didn't he? I thought it was like a young Ian Hislop. So, That'd be some hell of a bullseye team. Ian, oh, my word. Ian Hislop and he'll hit Dragunov. Fucking hell. <laughs> second pass, Terry throws 76. David throws a very nice 100 and Steve throws 41. So David wins it again for Terry. Terry gets his question right. Answer was Greta Garbo. Was that a guess? Yeah. Oh, you lucky fella. I feel like Bowen wanted to say something else here, but, you know, Sunday afternoon telly. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Workingmen's Club. Terry and Dave take the lead with, would you believe it, 3-2-1. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, if 
Ted Rogers, it'd be seven four five or whatever yeah. it is with his hand. Final pass and all to play for. Terry throws 60. David throws another 100. I notice he has this weird kind of twitch. So he'll line up the shot. And he'll be looking straight ahead at the board. And just as he throws it, he kind of half cocks his head. It's very strange. It is, but it worked for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But finally, Steve throws one, two, one to take it. Chris gets the question, from which part of the licorice plant is the confection made? Answer is the root. Chris and Steve snatch it at the death with, th- with 401. So we get our losing pairs in the middle. 280 and 321 pounds. I've got to count it out now. It's going to take me two minutes. It always takes him two minutes to count the money. And I know this is an old Peter K bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's still hilarious. Oh, God, yeah, it is, isn't it? Back from break, though. Bronze bully on display, which means we're going into the charity bit. Bowen nearly forgets the contestants' names, even though it's on their name cards and they're stood right <laughs> next to him. Pro player for the charity is Keith Deller, who I don't know, I'll be honest. Would you like me to cover this bit? Please. Keith Deller is a former BDO world champion in 1982. This was before the PDC, as we know it now, was formed. He was almost a nobody who came out of nowhere and beat... Out Bristol. Wow. For the uh, world title. And, uh, one of the biggest upsets in that in history. Yeah, not bad. Good lad. And he's also, if I remember correctly, he's now responsible on Sky Sports when they do the darts coverage. He's known as a spotter. Right. Which is, he will tell the cameraman which darts the players are going to aim for, what mm-hmm. place on the board, because they'll know, like, say if they need, like, 38, right, you want double 19, so they'll focus on double 19 or... Mm. The 20 so, spots off a little bit, he'll go for this. Yeah, so he's almost like a clairvoyant director almost. Yeah, because he's got the experience and he knows yeah, yeah. that players are going to throw. Say if they've got treble 20 and now it's blocked off, they'll go for the treble 19. Yeah. Oh, um, really cool. Like so nice. he's a very, very good darts player. He was one of the founding members of the PDC, if I remember correctly. Good on him. Well done, man. Keith Deller gets to 280 with one dart left. He has to get 301 to double the money. So he just pops it in the ball for funsies. Double him. No, good lad. So 660 off to the special care baby unit. Uh, Boeing gives Della stage directions on the way out and just manhandles it. You're gonna ch- you need to change hands with your darts. Right? Yep. Put your darts in Here's that you. hand. Wave on the way out into that camera because right. I want to see you at all. Go- <laughs> he like, does, doesn't he? Yeah. Right to the camera. Yeah. It just it reminded me of I know we do wrestling talking here now and again, but remind me of the rock making Jonathan Coachman yeah. dance Charleston. Wave to the camera. <laughs> Bend it over. Just, it was just the way he manhandled him. To, but I mean I've put I've already put the audio in of it. But yeah, it's just hilarious just the way he shuffles him around. Now we're going to see what Bully's prize board has on offer, and it's best I just put the entire clip in here. And one. A combined automatic washer and dryer. It's double tops. And- Two, drive it away. It's a remote control car. And three, just the thing to clean up my act. You're joking. No, I'm not. It's a wet and dry vacuum cleaner. And four, this prize will give more thrills. Patrick Moore, that is. It's a telescope. And five, a state of the art food processor. It'll really blend in. And six, you'll have time to spare with this pair of gold watches. Seven. A top quality radio cassette player. Makes even the Boeing rap sound good. Get off. And eight. Get an awful of this wonderful prize. It's a keep fit rowing machine. And Bully's special prize. A fabulous video camera. It's beetling fantastic. We also found out that Tony Green finds rap boring when they're on about the stereo. I hate rap. 
And so it's nine darts for nine prizes. And Steve quite quite rightly questions the rules here about the two in a yep. bed rule. So, and I've never seen anyone do that before. No, I hadn't either, to be honest. Because, because like you said, if if we get two in there, is it gone forever? And Jim goes, no, just throw another one. Can I ask us a quick uh, quick request, Steve? Can you, in your best Tony Green impression, do bully special prize? I can try. Airphone <laughs> 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 listeners, yeah. apologise ahead of time. And bully special prize. Was <laughs> well, it wasn't my best, but you know I've. <laughs> watching bullseye for like the last three days solid pretty much so but which isn't yeah. a bad thing so steve is up first and just he just he gets the bullseye straight out the gate so that's your camcorder and then he just starts playing around the clock smart move yeah gets prizes one and two which was the washer dryer and washer dryer and the radio car chris up three misses Black. i always love this bit when bowen's leading them to start it yeah and they go Darts player first, non-darts player second. For some reason, that that line, non-darts player second, warms my cockles. <laughs> I just think about it, I just love that line. That yeah. is like the... like Jim Bowen has many catchphrases in Bullseye, but for me, that was one of his most iconic. Yeah. But, but never gets mentioned. But Steve up for the final three. He gets number six, which is the goal watches, uh, since Chris couldn't, because well, that's what Chris was aiming for. But still, good haul, washer dryer, remote control car, pair of goal watches in the camcorder. And they've got until the board revolves to decide whether they're going for the, for the gamble or not. And there's always one fucker. There's always one in that studio audience who will wait until the room has gone completely silent to just go, gamble! I think it's normally the bus driver who's driven all the old women there. <laughs> He's like... I've paid for the parking for the bus. We've still got an hour left yet. I'm I'm not wasting money, so I gamble. But that music is terrifying. Oh, yeah, so the, yeah, yeah. I never liked that. It really always scared intense. me. Really intense. Yeah. Before they've said it, I'm willing to guess they've had a lovely time, but they're going to take the prizes and go. And lo and behold, here it is. I've had a great day, Jim, but we're going to go home. Uh, but you missed, uh, you missed a little bit there, Steve. That, that, that's 660. That's gone. That's 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 in the bank. That's gone to charity. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, you can gamble the four one and chance of winning only special prize, the star prize, or you leave with your BFH. Your bus, your bus fare home. home. <laughs> <laughs> now Not I want to know, did they actually get their bus fare home if they lost? I don't know, because it depends if they came on a bus really, doesn't it? Are they gonna get their petrol money? Are they getting their expenses? Like, who knows? Yeah, but if they say you get your bus fare home. They should give them £1.20 for the bus. No matter what, that's your prize. And, and sorry, for context, though, right, I'm going to say Nottingham, is, which is where this was filmed, is one of the most expensive fucking bus routes going. I'm not even kidding. As someone who goes to Nottingham on the reg, and I have to go every week anyway, like, Nottingham is fucking expensive as far as public transport, <laughs> all right? So, you know, if they're paying their bus fare home, then top marks to them because it's not fucking cheap over there so basically they could either go home with 401 pounds or leave with 500 yeah go basically. on the bus basically oh <laughs> uh, well the bus is quite expensive so we'll take the bus money yeah but yeah so they've chosen to take the prize and go home and you know what they played a bloody good game so fair play to them like i'd have probably in their shoes i'd have probably done the same but i was always one i always said i'd gamble if i was on bullseye yeah. but Dave and Terry, came, who came second, are up, and they've decided to gamble. One-on-one or more with six darts. Should be easy, as David's been throwing some good scores. So, you know, 
I'm, I'm confident. Terry throws like a man who certainly doesn't play regularly. He stood face on with no ounce of poise or aim and is just chucking willy-nilly at the board. Like, literally, <laughs> just like, nah, nah. Just... Like you and Stephen, when you play. You swine. Oh. I mean, I haven't played in a good few years, but uh, I was okay. It's because I'm a lefty, and I blame it on the fact I'm a lefty. Uh, don't, don't start bringing all that to the table. Don't but, start bringing that. But even, Just even, for lefties. But even still, Terry throws 40, so at least it's a decent start. And I'm going to put the sound bite in here, but Tony Green loses his shit. Triple Terry! <laughs> so, so they've won and they're off to Cyprus. Good on them. They played a good game throughout, to be fair. So glad they got something out of it. Yeah. So like, they were throwing good darts. Uh, wave to the camera and off we go. And yeah, I know we've, it seems like we've raced through that. Like, but because the episode goes so quick, it moves along really nicely. And it's just fun the entire yeah. time. Like, yeah. it usually takes me bloody ages to put these notes together. But this was an f- absolute breeze. The episode as a whole, as I say, just flew by and it just just fun. Like I said, it's been one of my favourites for a long time, so yeah. I've enjoyed it. So, I mean, let's look at revivals, things like that. I mean, so yeah, how did Peter K once describe this? You knew it was shit, but it were good. You knew where you stood with Bullseye. And as it is, it's on the Alan Carr Epic Game Show at the moment, and as a result, it's too glitzy glam. Yeah, now this is a thing I was going to say. I'd love it to come back. I really would. Mm. But I don't think it's feasible. Yeah, we've had this discussion before about having to look nice for HD, 4K, but I think it distracts from the show. The first series was on this big beige set, and it just didn't work for me visually. And whilst Cars is on the darkened set, there's just too much of the kind of like sparkly, twinkly LEDs going on. Yeah, Yeah, like the black set worked perfectly for it because it gave it that kind of almost pub vibe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it just made it feel a lot more homely. Yep. If as as weird as that sounds, and I think that's why a lot of people connected with it is because it felt genuine. I'm going for the um, the problem of when they do the charity tour. Mm-hmm. I don't think darts is more popular than it ever has been. Yeah. And there isn't going to be the widely available players like there was back then. Yeah. Because there's tournaments almost all the time at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no way you're getting PDC guys. No, no chance. It. You'd have to get Dio, like your Scotty Waits, your people like that. And even then, I think it'd be a very, very hard mission to get them. So yeah. that'd be an element that you probably have to drop, which for me was always the element I liked on Bullseye. Yeah, I did as well. I think you could still, maybe if you made one, a seri- one or two a series and you and you can secure a big name for it, like a Phil Taylor or something like that. And like I'm sure Phil would still be willing to do that stuff. Yeah, he would for money. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a Phil Taylor fan. I've met him. I'm not a Phil Taylor fan at yeah. all. I find him quite arrogant, but so I mean for me with Peter K's description as probably the perfect brief, you know you knew where you still with it. I think you need a host where you kind of know where you stand with him. You'll need someone with who'll provide humour, but will absolutely get to the cut and dry of the matter as well. And I'm going to curveball city here for this. Okay. Aid Edmondson. That is very left field. Isn't it? Yeah, I had a few people in mind when I thought about this because I was thinking, who are celebrity dart fans? So I was thinking, you want someone who understands the game. So I was thinking Greg Davis. Yeah. Because he's a big darts fan. Yeah. As is Richard Osman. Okay. But the one, the two that I actually, in my head that I wanted were Tim Vine. Oh, yeah. I like that one a lot. And this comedian 
you, I don't know if he still does, held the world record for the most bullseyes in a minute. Lee Mack. Really? Lee Mack and Tim Vine are very, very good darts players. Lee Mack grew up in a pub playing darts. That makes a lot of sense, actually, because he's this kind of new breed of almost like borderline working class comedian, isn't he? So Exactly. Like, yeah, Lee Mack. Do you know what? I like Lee Mack a lot for it. Him or, again, him or Tim Vine. I like that a lot. Because, like I said, they both understand the game. You don't yeah. want someone coming in who doesn't fully understand. You could even go, like, left field, like you said, Stephen Fry. He's a big darts fan. He's commentated yeah. on the darts. Yeah. Freddie Flintoff. He's commentated on the darts. That'd be good. I think Freddie would be good. Would be Freddie and um, Stephen Fry have both commentated on the uh, World Championships for Sky. So there is a lot of celebrity darts fans mm. out there. So this is what I'm saying. You could bring it back, but I personally don't think it should be even though yeah. I'd love it to yeah I say it's in rotation on that on that Alan Carr thing but I don't know it just I think it just distracts from what the show was and and I think on a financial point as well I don't think it'd be viable for the uh, whichever TV station brings it back because the standard of darts have gone up like you, a lot of let's just say pub players now are bloody good players so you're going to get people hitting bullseyes you're going to get hit people hitting trouble 20s all the time. Yeah. So I don't think it's viable financially either. Yeah. And even probably as a home viewer, I imagine it's probably not like if, if everyone's hitting the big scores all the time, it's probably not that exciting. Exactly. Like, there, was, there was a weird dark humor about watching the people who were the darts players of the pair in inverted commas. still be a little bit shit. There's a clip on YouTube. This bloke who's bragging. He's the darts player in the, uh, the duo. I'm mint at darts. I'm great at darts. He scored nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And, yeah, it says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. But as I say, it's one of, again, it's it's one of those ones that sits on that fence of we'd like to see it, but maybe it's possibly best left alone, kind of thing. Celeb- celebrity Christmas specials, maybe. Yeah. Apart from that. Yeah, for or, sure. Or even like you could have it like say December time. Well, December would be perfect for Christmas. A Christmas special because the World Championships on at Christmas, yeah. which is the big tournament. Yeah. So that'd be absolutely bang on. Like you just have it coincide, like special. Mm-hmm. You could even do it on the PDC um, on the stage before yeah, the final. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just something as a bit of a reprieve for the live audience kind of thing. Yeah. And then you have like the slip, you have celebrities throwing, and like instead of having prizes, you have cash prizes and they all go to charity. Yeah, absolutely. 100% on board with that. And with that, that's Bullseye nicely in the bag. And so we've got we've got another round of drinks on the way whilst we're in the pub. So so let's just stay a little bit longer and let's frame up because next week I think we have a round of big break. I am literally dancing on the seat. Mate, I cannot this, wait for this. Yeah, you've been wait you've been waiting for this one a long time. We've hit we've hit we hit the big boys early on. We hit some personal favorites and this I think we're going to before we hit the Halloween specials, I think we just hit a really super sweet spot. I was going to say, like to say, Sony Game Show. So be sure to check out our social medias. We're on Facebook. Just give it a search. We're on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerPods. And be sure to send us an email, playerpods at gmail.com. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts, as well as a whole host of other podcast providers. So please keep checking us out. Until next week, it's a goodbye from me, Steve. It's a goodbye from Simon. Didn't he do well? Thank you, everyone. Peace and good cheer. It's lit and I'm about to go boom. Mercy, mercy, mercy me. Oh.
My life is a cage, but on stage I'm free. Hyped up, psyched up, ready for wildin'. Standing in a crowd of girls like an island. I see the one I wanna sit, come here, cutie. I flip her around and then I work that booty. Work the body, work, work the body. Slow down, girl, you're about to hurt somebody. Hold up, yo, let's get just one thing clear. There's only one reason why I came here. You women don't want me to give it a give it to tell you what's up. For me yet? Well, yo, are y'all ready for me yet? Well, yo, are y'all ready for me yet? Well, here I go, here I go, here I, here I go. Yo, dance in the aisles when the prince steps to it. The rhymes are football, y'all. 